you should get paid every day or not just every other week, every week to help smooth out the spending. And I kind of wonder, does that work? In fact, you and I actually worked with a group of people. I don't want to call out names here, but an organization, if you'll recall, that only paid their employees once a month. Do you remember that? Oh, you know, and they were kind of talking about some challenges with it, but do you remember that happening? And what was your initial thought when you <laughs> heard that how they got paid? Welcome, Bjorn, to another hey. episode. This is one long time coming because the pre-work for this has basically been done by me, and we have not talked about this at all. I'm going to ambush you with some questions here because we've actually worked with some people in some unique situations. So I don't want to give away too many of the secrets here, but this is really a conversation because I want to get your thoughts on this because I think there could be lots of different opinions on how pay should be distributed to employees that earn it. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because as I have worked with some people from the Philippines over the last couple of years here, got to know some of the differences in the culture and the way things work, but there are some employment laws that are different in the Philippines too. And I think I may have brought this up once, but I am going to ask you again, have you ever heard of the 13th month? Have you ever heard that term specific have, to the Philippines, some of Southeast Asia countries? Good. I have not. Right. I have not heard of the 13th month. Awesome. So I'm going to fill you in on what I learned. Sounds like a good movie title, though. Sounds like the a thriller, a psychological thriller. It's like the sequel to like Signs or something. Or <laughs> Ah, yes. Maybe even better. Hey, let me ask you this. If I were to ask you to guess what the 13th month is, what would you think you would? Any ideas? Oh, gosh. My, my immediate thought was that people get paid more often or something, that Ooh. there's some, something that has to do with getting paid since most people get paid bi-weekly and I don't know, we have the oh. tw typical 26 pay period. Maybe there's more pay periods or something. I have no idea. That's a great one. I actually didn't even think about that. So you're right. So if you get paid every other week, two months a year, you get an extra paycheck because there's that fifth week, right? And I guess that'd be two extra paychecks. So that's almost a month, right? So it's yeah, like 28 or something, month. right? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's, that's good, man. That's creative. <laughs> Way to chew on it on the spot. So here's what the 13th month is in the Philippines. And like I said, there's a few other countries, but I'm not that familiar. Um, the Filipino government requires that employers pay their employees throughout the year. But in December, you have to pay every employee an additional month's worth of salary. So they call it the 13th month because in the 12th month, you're actually getting paid for a 13th month that doesn't really exist. And then starting January, it just kind of goes back to the standard pay cycle, right? So there's no specific rule when this has to get paid in December, but it has to be paid in December. Most employers pay it early in December. And this is because in the Philippines, it's a very family religious based society. And so they overwhelmingly celebrate Christmas. And so this helps provide income for Christmas presents or travel or time off if they need it and those types of things. So essentially you're getting paid twice and not just an extra paycheck, but a whole month's worth of pay in December. First of all, in and of itself, just as the facts have been laid out here, what do you think of this? What are your initial thoughts to a 13th month? 
I did think you were going to say that it had something to do with just the culture and having somewhat to do with Christmas or end of the year gifts, all that. Conceptually, I really like it. It sounds a lot like what some employers in the U.S. do where they do like a Christmas bonus or or I guess other companies will give bonuses earlier in the year, the next year, but it's all around that same time. I like it. I'm sure a very different culture. I don't know the culture very well, but obviously in America that the average person spends a lot toward the end of the year, puts it on some form of debt, <laughs> and then has to pay it back. The idea of, of preloading that to try to avoid some of that debt potentially, I kind of like it. I mean, I'm sure that many people look forward to that month. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I think it's you know, a I'm idea. curious. Do you think the fact that it's additional pay or the way it's framed has any influence on how it's spent? I was thinking like, if you don't think like you've worked for it, okay, my salary is what I got for that each month, right? And this 13th month is just extra. Like, am I more free with that money because I didn't really earn it? It's not part of my compensation. It's like a required distribution to me. Or if you were to say, Bjorn, I'm taking away a little bit of your salary each month, and then I will give you the effective pay for an additional month, but you would earn that along the way. Would that be viewed differently? Would that be seen differently and then maybe spent differently too? Yeah, I think the framing aspect of what you're saying there, I do think it would be treated differently. If it's an extra month, if this is on top of what you technically earn, then I could see totally a mindset of using it to spend on others or go on a trip or like you're going to be a little bit freer with it than if it's viewed as making up for lost income throughout the year that just definitely doesn't feel as good it seems like the first year it would be really exciting but then if you're expecting it to come if that's a law which it is right yep then i would be curious to hear what people say i mean i, I would think they would just view it as like normal part of their pay that they would expect to get every they should they legally have to right so in fact if you work for one employer part of the year and the other employer for another part of the year let's just say half the year for one and half the year for the other each employer owes you the prorated amount okay. for that year. Oh, so one employer would owe you half of a 13 month. The other one would owe you a half of a 13th month. So yeah, it's required. And no matter where you work, assuming you work all year, you'll get one month's additional salary. But that's an interesting point that you bring up because if I know that I'm going to get in December, we think about, oh, maybe that's going to help you with your budget. But what if now you're enticed to spend along the way? incur that debt because you've got this extra money coming in December too. That's the thing. It's I don't know if you've ever gotten any inheritance money from grandparents or just a, a gift of money from anybody. My grandmother you know, gave me in an envelope once a $50 bill that came from the bank. It actually had the little cutout so you could see Grant's face when you'd open up the envelope. And that, nice. was, that was right. My, my grandmother did not have a lot of money. So that was the extent of my inheritance. No, that's I think getting money like that times, especially if you know that it's coming, if you have somebody pass away and you are expecting that, it's that same mentality in some ways where you almost start pre-spending it in your mind. So I, I think the first year it's probably getting ahead of maybe spending, but then I think every year after that, <laughs> I could see the behavior doesn't necessarily change because of that, because it's become an expected benefit, an expected expense. And now what would you say if you're working with someone here that's, oh man, I would love the 13th month. I would love to have two salaries in December, but we don't have that. Couldn't someone just set up a savings plan to do that? Yeah. 
I think they totally could. That's the advice I've given to people who have uh, like their own business where they have a lot of money coming in one month and hardly any money coming in the other next month. I just have given the advice before of setting up a savings account. Everything goes in there and then you pay yourself a salary out of that that you can live off of so that you flatline your income. You don't, you're not dependent upon the swings in the month. So it's the same idea. Like you could put it aside and then give yourself a little boost. I think a lot of people do that with different savings accounts. Like if they're thinking about it for end of the year spending or gifts or travel or whatever, that has worked really well. We've done that ourselves. Utilize it or even utilize some of the cashback or roundup type programs that are out there too, to put money aside throughout the whole year. I think I actually coached someone that did that. And I think every year they had like a thousand dollars from all their cashback and that's what they used it for. So they like depended on that for, I think it was for Christmas gifts at the end of the year. Yeah. It's interesting because I was thinking about it and like, how does that affect budgeting skills? Because on one hand, at least in the Philippines, what they've said is, hey, culturally, we see a lot of spending at this point, so we're going to make a budget for you. So in some ways, like I find it attractive because now I can be hands off. I don't have to think about it. It's almost like having a pension. If I just work and show up here, you're figuring out the pension situation. Great. You're figuring out that December is an expensive month for me. Great. But on the other hand, does that take away like the skill or the know-how to actually do a budget and to master that so that you can make sure that the money at a micro level, an individual level is there for you when you need it. I think that the behavior that you have to learn in a lot of cases to do that is different from how the income comes in. The amount of money available fluctuates depending on how much you're making, obviously, but that behavior of actually not spending more than you make, that it's cultural, that's familial, it's, it's personal. I mean, it's all these things that influence that. So to me, those are two separate things. Just because you're getting this extra bump at the end of the year, to me, that's a separate thing than having to manage your money throughout. This to me is a really good example of where nudging could be super helpful because I think it's very similar to the American tax refund. You know what I mean? Like th- this is for most people, the biggest in- influx of extra cash they're going to get throughout the year. That's been proven in a number of studies. And so there's all these attempts by different organizations. America Saves is one of them that we've done some work with. We've attempted to do this, I think, at times in our program to to nudge people, make a commitment now. Make a, This is a great time right now, May for next year. Make a commitment now for where you're going to put that money. And I think you would want to try to nudge people in the same way in the Philippines to where's that money going to go? Make a plan for right now so that that's not even part of your calculus or your money management throughout the year, but you have a plan for it too. And maybe it's a few different categories. You provide a narrow list, put it toward retirement, put it toward gift giving, put it toward charitable giving, whatever your situation is. And you narrow down the choices because if if suddenly money appears, (laughs) which it sounds like that's only really the first year and then you're expecting it to come, but we know that a lot of people get a tax refund every single year. Suddenly that appears and they're not quite sure how much it's going to be, but they know it's coming. They're already, they're already, they may already be planning to just use it to fund their regular lifestyle, or they may not have a great plan for it. And it can easily leak out if there isn't a savings account set up or a habit. So 
all that to say, I think the habits that you learn to manage your money are a little separate from how much there is. It doesn't really matter how much money there is because the whole point is that you're spending less than you make. So if you make very little or you make a lot, it's still the same thing. You've got to try to figure out how to not overspend your means. I could see this kind of helping in some ways and hurting, <laughs> but it's because the behavior part is a totally different thing, I think, for people. Yep. I want to get back to the 13th month at the end and give you an update on what has actually been happening in the country in just a little while here. But to your point about when people are getting paid, and I think about this is how often people get paid sometimes is something that's debated a lot. In fact, I hear a lot of people talking about that you should get paid after your work, like a day laborer, right? You should get paid every day or not just every other week, every week to help smooth out the spending. And I kind of wonder, does that work? In fact, you and I actually worked with a group of people. I don't want to call out names here, but an organization, if you'll recall, that only paid their employees once a month. Do you remember that? And yes. I wonder, because until we were with those people working with them, I didn't know that they got paid once a month. That hadn't been telegraphed to me beforehand to prep for that. So I was actually surprised, almost skeptical when actually someone said, we only get paid once a month on the first of the month. And I said, you do, or you do, or everyone here does, <laughs> because I, I didn't know that that actually happened at all, you know, and they were kind of talking about some challenges with it, but do you remember that happening? And what was your initial thought when you <laughs> heard that how they got paid? I was surprised right away because I just had never heard of another organization that did that. And I'm sure there are others. And then my next thought was, wow, you really have to plan pretty well to be able to make that all work because you don't know what's all going to happen in the month. That that doesn't really allow you to time your bills very well. But I think it can always be reworked. Like we just talked about with the self-employed person, they have some months that are huge, other months that are nothing. And they can smooth it out. So you could choose to do that same exact thing. If you got paid once per month, it just all goes into one pot. You pay yourself however you, however much you want, however often you want. And so you could use some tools to your advantage. But initially though, yeah, I was a little surprised. It could force you in some ways to be a better planner because you have to make that last longer. I think if you're more savvy of a financial person, I think you could just manipulate it to fit whoever you are and how and whatever your needs are. There's a methodology of budgeting where you're always one month ahead. So you always have a month's worth of savings. So I could see that working really well in the situation. The first month is the hardest month, but once you get on that path and you're assuming you're not spending more than you make, then you could make that work to your advantage pretty nicely and you'd have a nice little cushion. But that's where it would probably take some work, especially if you weren't used to that. If, that, if you took a job, you're used to getting paid twice a month, every two weeks, whatever it is, which is more typical. Yeah, you'd have to really get used to that, <laughs> that planning that would be required. And I think in this case, I seem like actually a number of the folks were forced to be better planners. I think, I think actually some of them were pretty good at uh, making the whole month last that money for the whole month because they just had to, they were forced to in some ways. Yeah. You can't get to day 21 and just wing it. I guess you need to figure out money. I would love to see some more in-depth analysis to find out, do they have better planning skills overall because of the way they're forced into that? You know, and, and it just kind of makes me think about all the talk about paying people more frequently to help them. It, does that actually hurt them or should we actually pay less frequently 
to force people into budgeting. So if I give you money every day and there's money coming in every day, does that just take me out of a planning mindset at all? Just here's what I've got for today. I can eat, shop, grocery shop, do whatever. Or does paying once a month, like, or any interval longer than a day, does bi-weekly force you into some budgeting, but once a month forces you into more. When we're thinking about like the 13th month, I was thinking like, why just drop another month? Why not give them the whole year's salary on January 1st and yeah. let you figure it out until December 31st? Does that actually force you into those skills? I don't know. I'd be curious, but like you said, I was surprised at how well some of those people were managing it. And in some ways, I don't know if you've come across this. I'm sure you have. When I'm working with people to do budgets, sometimes we're moving dates on calendar because they just don't have enough money out of the first paycheck to cover, say, all these bills, right? So we pay right. rent on the first of the month and then we pay a bunch of the smaller bills, but we're not going to be able to make the five or $600 car payment out of that paycheck. We have to wait till that second paycheck. So I wonder if almost having all of your money come in on the first alleviates you of that need of this timing issue. Yeah. Because all the money is there. Now we just have to decide what we're going to pay and when. So I don't know. There might be some advantages and disadvantages of it. I'm always going to what people are doing. I do think having some options can be helpful. It's not always helpful for people. And maybe too many options is not usually good. But let's just say you had three to five ways you could take your pay. You could choose. And it's all the same amount. But you could choose, do I want it daily, weekly, bi-monthly, bi-weekly, or monthly? Maybe those are the five ways. And doesn't seem like it would be too hard for some organization to offer this. Maybe there already are some that do that. I know some organizations we know offer tools that allow you to take your pay early, like per day. And it would be interesting, I think, for people to be able to test out different ways and see which one works for them. Because I think ultimately that's what it comes down to is what's going to be the best method for you. Because if it's all the same amount of money total, then, you know, I can't say that Getting it at the start of the month is good or bad because it all depends on what your month is like, like what your spending habits are like. For some people, it probably is super helpful to get it every day because they've got daily bills and they can't they can't organize them. I know we, you and I have talked about how we've tried to change our dates of our bills. I know I've moved some to fit around when my credit card payment is due and I try to do a number of things around that same date. So I, it's almost like that's my start of the month in a way. So testing and learning and maybe even working with a coach through that to try to figure out what's working best. Because the issue I've seen with some of the tools is if you use it too much, you have to pay fees to get access to that money like every day. And so you can get yourself into a bad habit of tapping your pay early and paying all these fees. And then that's not what you want either. So that's where you need to probably try a few different methods out. And that would probably be a worthy thing for people to do. And you actually could probably just do it on your own. Like you could set up automation at your bank or credit union to put money into different accounts on different days through like the reoccurring transactions. And let's do this one way for this quarter. And then we'll switch for the next quarter. And then we'll switch for the next quarter and take a year to figure out what's the best way and what works well. Just like different budgeting methods. Like some people literally pen and paper or a note on their phone, other people spreadsheet, <laughs> other people, I don't want to use a tool. I just want it to happen automatically. And all those can work. It just depends on what's going to give you the best ROI or at least help you manage your money the best so that you don't overspend on the useless fees and interest and different things that are slowly eating away and leaking away your money. Yeah. I like trying to offer some things that are going to generally help 
a broad swath of people, but I'm curious if you signed up at your employer today and there was a checkbox and it said, yes, reduce my pay by 8% and then pay that to me in a lump sum in December. So effectively you would have a little bit lower income throughout the year, but then you got two months worth of income in December. Would you sign up for that? Would you voluntarily sign up for kind of a forced savings plan like that? I'll give you my personal opinion on this and I'm one person, but it, this is just like how I view taxes, paying taxes. I try to get as close to zero as possible for owing extra or even getting money back. I don't like that. I like to have as much now as possible so that I can put it to work for me. I like to invest it. I like to save it in a high interest account. I just feel like over time I could get more for that money than if I set it aside. But that's because I'm actively involved with my finances. I'm watching that. I'm paying attention to it. I know what I'm doing. I'm moving money around. I'm actually going through the work to put it in those other places. But if you're someone that is not going to do that, you don't like finances and you find yourself at the end of each year struggling to have enough money to, to do the year-end gifts, the travel, the different things that are always maybe going to be there for you and that puts you into debt. Then if you're talking, let's just say it's a comparison between 8% less pay throughout the year or 20% credit card interest over paying it off for a few months, it may very well be worth it to take the less pay and do that if that's the kind of person that you are. And I know some people love getting a tax refund because, and they use it very wisely, but it's just, it's that guaranteed savings account for them because they just wouldn't do it throughout the year. So that's where I'm willing to go against what I think would be best because I know that there's lots of different kinds of people and that actually might work really well for them. And I would be open to other people's views on that, but I personally like to get more money up front and then have it available to put it in the market, put it in retirement accounts, put it in savings accounts, put it in college accounts. There's lots of accounts. <laughs> There's lots of places to put it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, those are all very noble accounts. I surprised you didn't mention the generation one transformers collectible account. And <laughs> yes. Yes. The, the new polymer filled golf irons account, the golf account, the golf yeah. account. Yeah. Yeah. No, I am with you. The math guy in me says, what I'd love is you to pay me my entire year's salary on day one so I can invest it and do all sorts of things. But on the other hand, you know, I do like getting a lump sum sometimes when it's out of mind long enough that I've almost forgotten about it, even if it is my own money. And it's weird because like you said, I think emotionally, we all like getting a tax refund of any amount, right? Which is weird because it's mathematically not ideal for us. But ideally, if you owed 50 bucks to the government, that feels bad, but you actually rip the government off of a little interest. But if you're getting 50 bucks back, the government ripped you off of interest, but it feels good, right? It's like the emotions of investing, right? We feel good about buying stocks when they're high because the market is roaring and all these other things, but it doesn't necessarily feel good when we buy on a dip, but feels like we should be getting out of the market or getting rid of our stuff. So on one hand, while I would take as much money as early as possible, on the other hand, I'm not convinced that there isn't a part of me that wouldn't actually sign up for something like that and try to take the money at the end. So I did want to circle back here because there's an update to the 13th month oh. and I don't know everything that's gone into it. And I will tell you that there is a new proposal, at least in the Philippines. I don't know. I think there are some in some other areas that 
they add a 14th month. Oh my. So January would also need to be paid two months salary. Now, what's your first thought when you hear <laughs> that there's a proposal to add a 14th month? It didn't change behavior. <laughs> this is my first thought. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like the 13th month money, which was supposed to be surplus to give people some peace of mind. Probably, like you said, after this has been burned into a pattern for a while, people are used to it. They spend the money. And now to give them that cushion, we got to do it in January. So that's my thought too. Interesting. So does it work or doesn't it? I think it's up in the air, but I think the Philippines aren't the only country I think that are kicking around the idea of a 14th month. But I wonder ultimately in the end, can you play some games with timing and the amounts but are you just better off paying people what they've earned when they've earned it and leave it up to the individual to budget too? Yeah, that's, that's probably it. the safest bet in, in a lot of ways because it just there's just so many different situations and variables. Just to react to the 14th month, what I don't love about that is if they pass that setting a precedent that and then the 15th month and then the 16th, when is it going to stop? You're going to be paying double every month. It sounds like that plus some help of people managing the money that they do have throughout the year would be good too. I was also just thinking like there are times throughout the year, not even just at the end of the year, but I'm just thinking right now for us, I've shared this example before, but we've got like homeowner's insurance, car insurance, first part of our property taxes, like all these kind of big expenses that are hitting right, right now. And if I'm managing my money I think and not getting a huge tax refund, I'm getting it throughout the year. I've got to make sure that money is being set aside to help with these big chunks. But our spending is way up over these couple of months because of that. And it would be nice to be able to tap some early pay. But I think it's not fair either that because there's no guarantee that you're going to continue on with that same job, that same employer, like just in America in general. So I think all these reasons point to what you said, like you should get paid as you work. There could be some things that you do on your side. I think working with a expert could help you find some automation type ways to both automatically save money, but then set it up in a way that's going to work for you so that it's a machine happening in the background and you fine tune it over time to figure out what's going to work best for you. In our case, it'd be nice to pre-plan some extra savings to have so that there's no stress when these bills come, which we know are going to come. You also have some set aside for emergencies because you don't know when those are going to happen, but they're going to happen. And then also, like you said, put some money aside for some of the later year things that you know are going to come to. You just don't know how much. And you can create your own 13th month scenario, but get some healthy behaviors along the way that you can use in other places. Yep. Yeah. If you've earned the money and you're just getting in December, why couldn't you argue, hey, why don't you give it to us half in November, half in December, or a third in October, a third in November, in December, or... One twelfth throughout the year. Anyway, so it's playing some games, I think, with the money. And we're not necessarily creating or destroying any money in the process, but it speaks to behavior. And since we all tend to react a little differently, I think the personalized budget, like I said, is the way to go. However, I think from what I've heard, a lot of people depend on the 13th month to make things right, to have the holidays and the kind of vacation month away that you want. And obviously it's becoming grained to some extent. And as opposed to taking it away, now the solution is to try to fix it with something else. Curious to see what will happen. I hope the 14th month doesn't pass 
I'm not, not opposed to the 13th month because it's a novel idea, but you also want to equip people as much as possible to be independent, to drive their own futures as well. So it's just an interesting, yeah, it just an interesting phenomenon. I wanted to share it with you because yeah. I learned it and didn't think it was real, to be honest. Didn't think it was real that there are these unicorns that get paid only once a month. The last thing I want to share with you is just a little bit of a story. My wife is a teacher and she's in a school district and I actually had worked for the company that provided the retirement plans in the school district. So ended up working with the administrators a lot, kind of got some inside baseball sometimes on how things work, but that school district, they get paid on the first and the 15th of each month. So it's just based on the date, not like every other week, like a lot of people will get. But in one case, instead of getting paid on the 15th, the paychecks came out on the 8th. So they got paid on the 1st and the 8th. And not a problem to get paid early. Certainly no one's going to try to correct that. But I was just curious, why so early? It wasn't just because it fell on a Saturday or something like that, which I understand maybe it would move the day. So I just asked the person in charge, why did the paycheck squad on the 8th? And the answer was, the district just has a person who processes all the paychecks and she was going on vacation on the night. So she <laughs> wanted to get them out so that she could go on vacation. And uh, that's why they got processed on the 8th. So sometimes <laughs> there isn't a elaborate system behind the scenes. Sometimes it's just a human and it's much more manual than you think. And that's that is the answer for a lot of things. Wow. That's a good, honest answer right there. <laughs> yes. I thought it was a good insight to how things worked and a little bit of eye opening. Well, we think sometimes it's all just these big, magical financial machines that run everything. So sometimes it's a little <laughs> something. That being said, Bjorn, I think you have some news for us. I think you have a website that is new to you and available to some people. We do. Yeah, we have. We just launched lifemoneyu.com, which is very exciting. Our first public offering of our program. And if you want to learn more about that, you can visit lifemoneyu.com. There's a video at the top that explains what the program is, but you get access to financial content. You get access to financial experts. If you subscribe to Life Money U, there's no cost to doing that. Uh, you also become eligible for membership at BCU and can utilize the products and services credit union, which is great. Just lots of different ways to improve your financial health. And we're excited to get that out there and start getting our community going. So encourage those of you listening to the podcast to subscribe to Life Money You. We'll be sending out a regular newsletter and special events and other content. So be on the lookout for that. But we appreciate you listening and appreciate you checking that out. And there'll be lots more to come, but we're very excited to, to finally get that out there and start to see who we can help improve their financial health. Yeah, for sure. And so if you like this podcast for some of the tips and tricks that we bring to you, that newsletter is filled with even more. So content that you won't find anywhere else. You got to be a subscriber to get to it. But Bjorn shares in videos or articles, just ideas and things that we're seeing or using. Feel free to join us there uh, a little bit more behind the scenes. So look forward to having you join us. But that's another episode today where we talked about the 13th month here on the Like Money You podcast. If you are looking to find your path on financial freedom, and work the wonders of a budget, feel free to reach out to our program too. We've got gold consultants that can help you work on your very first budget sometimes, or maybe the master budget that you've been working on for years. So look forward to seeing more of you and we'll see you later. All right. Thanks everyone. Thanks. Bye-bye.